and welcome to Two Italian Women and the Stories They Tell with Eric Martin and Diane Bovolino. Thanks for joining us today and we're back in the kitchen. We are with, with Luigi Del Fuego. Luigi Del Fuego and the ingredients that we talk about making life more delicious. Is that not true, Miss Diane? It is. I really need to see him. Can you guys see him? I wonder if you zoom him up straight up. Luigi Del Fuego. Oh, he's so cute. As Diane says, our only unpaid employee here at our, our little program. And so... Wait, and Bridget. And Bridget. She's just, God bless you for being unpaid and just loving us and, and staying with us. So... Today, Diane and I thought we'd talk a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm so enamored with him. I have to move him over here. I'll be distracted. <laughs> I will. I'll be distracted. I'm the um, same one. Um, we were talking a little bit about triggers, and Diane and I were having a conversation about things that trigger us and how commonly used the term trigger is. Do we understand, though, really where they come from and, and, and why they're so powerful in our lives, right? So one of the things that triggers me is when someone, for example, says one thing and does the other, like that is a huge trigger for me. And when I go back to where that started from, that started from, you know, childhood experiences of friends or, or loved ones or people just saying they were going to do something and then not following through. So to this day, when people fail to follow through on the things that they, they promise, I get triggered and really triggered means I'm getting reactive right? I'm getting reactive towards something. And so it's so important for those of you out there as you're doing the spiritual work to understand what your triggers are and where they come from, because that's the only opportunity you have to be able to do a course correction, right? And work on that activation and recognize that maybe your triggers are actually creating some of the problems mm -hmm. in your life and you don't even know it. So Diane, when I was talking to you about triggers, like what is something that comes up for you? Oh my gosh, what were we talking about? So it was many a, things. That was a great conversation. Okay, we talked about, I know in the end, we mapped my trigger back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And we talked, oh my gosh, fill me in. Oh my gosh. I'm going well, there away. were a couple things. Like one, one was when you get reactive to people not valuing your time or changing things yes, on you like very last minute and not, not really recognizing the implications to you or how valuable yes. your time or schedule is. And I don't know, you, 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 you gave an example of something specifically that was no, pretty recent. So yes. I don't know if you want to talk yes, about no, that. I remember it came to me. So I was talking about a trigger that came up in, in a work day. So it was about a change in a meeting last minute. It was like, like within like 15 minutes before a meeting time, which triggered me and not in a positive way, obviously trigger is not positive. Generally not speaking. No. Um, and I reacted like, wait, wait. I, and I ended up changing a personal appointment of mine in order to be at the meeting. And I was like, wait, why are we changing the meeting? So in the end, I was thinking, I was saying to Erica, why did I not go with the flow? Yeah. Why did you ever react to that sudden change? Yeah. Why, why wasn't I like, oh, okay. So the meeting's changed. 
And then we link that back to past work experiences where you really didn't feel very valued at all, right? And there was constant change and, and those changes had a direct impact on you. And then you actually wrote that yes, as your story, you know, and speaking your truth. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? For those of you that maybe have watched some of the segments, you know, Diane wrote um, a chapter in a co-authored book, Entangled No More. Um, and it talks about breaking free from like toxic or unhealthy relationships, relationships and patterns. So, you know, how did work impact you in the past that you, you now know shows up today? Yeah. So, um, my, the, uh, the chapter I wrote was actually about a toxic relationship that I dealt with for over two and a half years reporting to a woman boss and basically, it was so toxic that one of the issues that I dealt with was that the criticism was that I was not being proactive. I was always reactive. And till this day, which I was talking to Erica, how even just like a month or so ago, it still impacted me that, you know, I didn't go with the flow the other you know day when the meeting changed and it came in that I was triggered from what happened many, many, many years ago mm -hmm. um, because of that toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I, I know that that is not me, but yet when we have those toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. Well, someone assigned it to you as though that yes. was you. And really, I can speak to this. I've known Diane a very long time. Like she really does tend to go with the flow. I mean, you do, you'll make adjustments or course correction. I mean, you know, and we, we talk about being more type A personality, yeah. you and I, um, some people are more like A plus, plus, plus. I think you said you're an A minus, maybe I'm a B plus, whatever. Um, and for those of you out there who are type A, you know what I'm saying? Like when you have everything kind of going a certain way, it does make life a little more easy to navigate. You feel a little more in control. I'm putting that in air quotes because we know that we never are. Um, but when someone kind of, ask you to own something that really isn't yours that doesn't belong to you and, and ask you to be yeah. or accept something about yourself that just really isn't true right I can see how that would trigger you when you saw yourself behaving in that way and thinking oh, oh my god maybe it is true right right where the reality is to continue and it wasn't a one-time meeting oh. right it was many many times and how many times you had to change your schedule which meant changing your priorities for the day or your personal priorities like a doctor's appointment you do have the right to react. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a, an adverse reaction to that situation. When it becomes a problem is when we're overreacting, when it's really okay. not about what's happening in this moment, but it's about unresolved things from the past. And, and the truth is we all carry those. How could we not? You know, we're 50 somethings. And, you know, think of how many experiences you've had throughout your lifetime from childhood to the present, there are going to absolutely be situations, circumstances, and people that are going to trigger past trauma. You know, and trauma, I won't even get it. Maybe we'll do another one on trauma, but I'm not gonna get into the whole psychology behind trauma. I, I don't think that that's really what we wanna do today, but basically trauma can be so different for different people. What might be traumatic for me may not be for Diane and vice versa. So sometimes people are like afraid to say, I see this as traumatic. They take out that measuring stick and want to compare it to all these other traumas. Like 
well, I shouldn't be traumatized because I didn't get attention as a child. That doesn't qualify as a trauma. When I look at someone who's gone to war okay. and suffered trauma, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that my boyfriend, you know, um, cheating on me or lying to me should be a trauma when this person was sexually assaulted. Yeah, okay. You know, we have a way of kind of taking that measuring stick and, and saying, well, my traumas don't qualify. Like there's way worse traumas out there. And that's the truth. There's a lot of really horrific trauma, but that doesn't mean it wasn't traumatic to you. And if you don't understand, address, work on, identify what those traumas are, you're going to remain triggered. Make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. And I know one thing I, I was asking Erica earlier, as we like to get, you know, our subjects together before we um, get together to get ready to talk to all of you. I'm like, how do we work on that? Because we all don't want to be in a triggered state. Right. And the worst is being triggered and not knowing you're triggered. Like thinking yeah. that what you're doing is perfectly reasonable or natural. You know, that's, that's actually, so it's, it's not about not being triggered. It's actually about owning and recognizing that you are triggered and what was causing you to be triggered because then you could do something with it. Like it's taking oh, that good. pause, right? It's taking a pause and saying, oh, I know this is my trigger. I know this uh, is my button, right? I'm having a strong reaction because this is part of my story. This is part uh, of my trauma, right? And then you have that power of taking the pause and then choosing how you wanna respond or react. Cause we always talk about, you only have control over two things, who you're gonna be mm-hmm. and how you're gonna respond, right? But if you're not recognizing that you're triggered because there's unresolved stuff in the background, until that gets resolved, it's going to show up in all different kinds of ways that you're not conscious of. That's why bringing it to your consciousness and doing the, like we call the work is so important. And you know, how much work have you done? Oh, lots of it. Yeah. We have very expensive brains. (laughs) (laughs) Diane and I have very expensive brains, you know, and and it, it comes into the work we do spiritually, right? Yes. Because you can't be living in that state of reactivity and then be spiritual and peaceful. And peaceful, so important. I remember, mm-hmm. and I, I have it to this day, I, I'm, I've moved it to my new home. I still have a lot of unpacking to do. I'm going to do some of she that does. tomorrow. Um, so I remember purchasing, pers- purchasing it a while ago, but it just says, peaceful no it says peace and I remember being in a counseling session and I remember the counselor asking you know what are you looking for what is your goal and I said peace and I just think who doesn't want that that's what I just wanted and and that's still what I always still desire although you know there are some people who are addicted to drama we were talking about that there are some people who are truly addicted to drama and i look at that no different than someone who's addicted to any kind of substance or any any kind of addiction right because in our hardwiring the brain craves what's familiar or what gives it a charge right so if you've grown up in chaos and drama or Mm -hmm. or that's like something that's become far more common a theme than maybe it should have been right you crave it you long when you long for it you don't even know you're doing it that's the other part like so much of this is unconscious why diane and i take the time to prepare these yeah these um episodes for you because we want you to be conscious and aware so that you can then begin to make choices and not be in that stuck energy you know you don't know what you don't know so if you don't know you can't fix it 
Um, but you know, there are people who are addicted to the drama. They can't really live peacefully because sitting in the quiet is so uncomfortable. It's just so uncomfortable for so many people. If, if that's you, then that might be something to look at saying, what is it about my history or my upbringing that keeps me in this state of constantly needing to be in chaos, overstimulated all of the time. But I would say the majority of us crave peaceful. I agree. We crave to be peaceful. Um, and you might be in a house, and I used to be in a house that didn't feel peaceful. Yes. I am in one now that that is. And that's a beautiful feeling, but one that you create. Right. Yes. It wasn't always yes. when we're young, we don't get to choose where we live, where we go yeah. to school. If we have to take the bus to like all these decisions are made for us. And then that's, that's where a I'm perfect point. Yeah. Um, you now, know, sometimes when my dogs are barking, it doesn't, it's not peaceful for a little bit. Oh, but they're so cute. They oh are. God, they if are. you can see her dogs, they are so cute. Yeah, they are. Um, but in general, you know, peaceful is a state of mind. And until you can work through those things that rob you of your joy or your peace, you're going to see triggered and, and you may not know that you're triggered. You may just feel frustrated, angry, dissatisfied, right? But getting to the root of um, what it is that's holding you up and holding you hostage and robbing you of your peace is really part of the work of a spiritual journey. And you, you do that with clients all the time. Yes. You kind of, you want to talk a little bit about why the energy piece is so important in terms of everything we're talking about. Like why people really crave that or what they, what they get from your sessions when they do the healing energy. Oh, I can just think about my session today. Um, I just know we were meeting today for, you know, getting ready for tonight taping. So um, I just know my session today, it was amazing um, for me as the healer and also for um, my client. And I just know the connection of the mind, right? And the body and the soul and the healing that happens. And, um, and you don't always know, but I just know like in tonight's session, um, I was saying to Erica, I, I even heard um, there were, it was a distance session and there were, I, I would say spirits on the line. There were, there were, there were other people on the line than just myself and, and the client. Um, and the healing that happened, I just never thought I'd be part of this. Yeah. And so when it's people talk about how do I move beyond the state I'm in, whatever state that is, today we're talking about triggers, right? Which equals trauma of some sort. They think that talk therapy may be the only way to do that. And it is important because if you have a really skilled therapist they're gonna be able to help you see outside of yourself. Like we're not good at being our own therapist. We need that outside perspective to guide us, right? Because a lot of what we're doing is unconscious. But then it's the body, you know, the body holds the story. Body keeps the score, wonderful book if anyone's interested. Um, and so that's where Diane comes in and how beautifully we work together, yeah. right? I kind of rise, the con raise the consciousness yeah. on the issues and, and what's triggering them. And then you help them release it through the body. And for anyone out there, like mind, body, spirit work in, in conjunction is probably the best treatment for mental health that you can do across the board, right? So if you're triggered <clears throat> today, if you've been triggered throughout the week, 
think about what it is that's really kind of activating you and start asking yourself bigger questions. Like, where is this coming from? Why am I being so reactive? And once you can begin to do that, you now have the power to change the reaction. Whereas before you really didn't, right? I agree. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that trigger me and I, I wish they didn't, you know, I used to, I used to approach it with judgment. Like, oh, why am I so triggered by this? And now I'm just like, I know why I'm triggered by it. So I'm not going to judge it. I'm just going to do something about it. Sometimes it's removing yourself from those situations, people, things, right? And saying, this is just too much for me and not judging it, just knowing that it's what you can or cannot tolerate. And I even said to um, Erica, I'm like, I never, until I started doing all this work, I didn't even know what a trigger was. Mm-hmm. And I know um, it probably was a little over a year ago that I could communicate back to somebody via text saying, you know, what you just texted me triggered me and I, I, I just cannot, you know, communicate right now. I mean, I just can't, I was able to We celebrate my, these yeah, moments. Feelings. We celebrate these yeah. moments. We do. But that's how much, you know, all of this work that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, it's been a long time, but it, it's kind of, what is that? That ripple effect. Yes. Yes. Of many a year. So right now, if you're watching this and you're like, what are they talking about? What is triggers? Just keep watching us. We'll, we'll talk about this again. And it, you don't have to know what triggers, you know, what it means. Oh, we were telling yeah. them what it means. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm just saying, if you're feeling like this is a lot, it, it's not. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just keep listening. That's keep it. listening. Yeah. Actually, when Diane and I come back, we're going to talk about the four agreements and how oh, that oh, all ties that. into this. So thanks for listening. Thanks for inviting us into your home. This is Erica Martin, Diane Bovolino, and Luigi Del Fuego. I think we should go through some of our other things. Oh. Outside of Luigi Del Fuego. YouTube channel. Yes, we are on YouTube. If If we've earned it, we would appreciate a like and a subscribe. Same with Amazon. Yeah. Music, Spotify. Yeah, any of the podcasts you might be listening to. If you can give, if we earn a five stars, that'd be great. If you um, can leave a review, we read all of them. And again, that helps keep us out there. Absolutely. We appreciate all of it. Hoping to help people one episode at a time. So thank you so much for joining. That's two Italian women. And the stories they tell. Stay safe, stay well. Good night.